Many people have problems with art and not with reality. So why is art different? It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. Bring it. Welcome to episode 60 of the Undergang Armchair Podcast. My name is Ando. Displacement is the title today, and Runo Lagomarsino is our distinguished guest. The name comes, of course, from our talk, and it, it relates to something dear to my heart and something which is important in art. Runo carries displacement in his history, even in his name, and it's something I have a little inkling of in myself as well. I won't share too much of his story here at the intro, but I think that the story of his family and how he ended up growing up in Sweden has a lot to do with his work, and as he pointed out to me, his life, really. He's a talented artist, and I think he's an important artist, so you can look forward to our conversation in, in just a second. I would like to take care of a little business here up top. Namely, I'd like to say thank you to all the people who've helped us spread the word about the show recently. We are working really hard to produce this show, and we would really like to make this a weekly show again, like it was in the beginning. But we need your help to do so. If you could take a moment, maybe pause this before it begins, and share this show on any of the social networks you frequent, and give us a rating in iTunes or Stitcher, it would be an immense help for us. It would help disseminate the show, and it would help us secure funding for the future to make this show even better and like I said, bring it back to a weekly schedule. Cool. That being said, let's go straight to my talk with Runo Lagomarsino. I don't have a studio now. I would like to have one, but it's, uh, I'm looking for one. It's actually one now in Malmö. Like I, the other day, actually, there is this studio place with a lot of students. So I was there putting up notes for it. So, mm. uh, so. But do you work hands on like that? Do you play with things and? and yeah, and, I do, I do. Yeah. Like the last years, I haven't had a studio for for many for different reasons, and I think also because I've been traveling back and forth from here and Sao Paulo. Then, of course, like economically, it's been a bit crazy to have one, but. Uh, I like the idea. I, li I like the studio time. Well, uh, also getting away from home exactly. in a way, you know. Yeah, and I think, or even if maybe there's uh, sometimes I think when you see my works, it looks very defined. But I think, but it's not when I work with it. There's a, like a kind of a, an unclear process that I that struct is structured when I'm in the studio. When I'm, uh, I imagine that your work is. You know, as I start to go through the process of applying for things, applying for grants, applying for shows, that whole thing, mm. you you end up in this weird position where you have to explain works before no. actually showing them. And that's such a weird thing to try to, you know, it's a whole other art to be able to talk about, to write these proposals. And I imagine you have to do a lot of that, too, in terms of, you know, just communication about yeah. the art. Uh, yeah, I think, no, but I, I agree. I think it's... Uh, uh, it's it's yeah it's a complicated and in many times not so interesting 
thing to do. Like, because I agree. one thing it's that's why there's all those art assistants out there. I think one I think one thing is to write about art, like you know, art is writings, which is something. It's one thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing is to write text that in some way support the structure of art mm, production in some way. I think which is a different thing. It's uh, so hard. Yeah. Yeah, and I think also the, and I think that for me many times uh, when I'm new a new work, uh, it ta- it takes me a long time to know where the work will be, and I have discovered that uh, if I meet somebody in the studio, I'm really there. Um, I try. I'm very keen on not talking too much about it before it's before done. before it's done or before I know where it's gonna be. You know? mm. Especially, especially of course, with people that I don't know. You know, if if there's somebody which which I know we have a dollar for a long time, then I because then I need the dialogue, the discussion. But otherwise, I try to. Then I kind of I don't talk about it because just for that reason that I think it. In some way, in my mind, it's there is a clear idea why I'm doing this, and but I cannot really. It's beyond words at that point. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, I, I cannot express them in a in a good way. I think, and then I I know I'm afraid of in some way killing it. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I've had that problem. Where I've explained works to people, and then later when they've seen them, they'd be like, "Oh, this is not at all how I saw." Exactly. Like, well, in my head, that's how it looks, but you know. Yeah. So I try to. To, yeah, to be careful when I talk about works that mm. I haven't, uh, mm. uh, which I haven't produced. Also because I think that I'm going back to the studio, and I'd ask, they can change so drastically from one day to another when you're working with them. So then, of course, if you, t- you know, become, it can totally be something else. Mm. Yeah. Right, do you work slowly? Do you think it takes a long time to like get your get your ideas to manifest themselves correctly? Uh, yes and no. I think it depends, of course. Uh, I think that you know, there is um, some work takes very long time, mm. and some are really fast. I think it's you know. Uh, I think that there is a overall. There's some overall questions in my work, which they're quite constant, or of course they change, but there are some issues and questions that I go back and forth and of course those questions are quite old. they always come back you know? uh, do they come back by themselves or do you have to remind yourself I mean is this just like a natural interest of yours or you, do you have a secret list somewhere of questions and you have no. to go and look at it <laughs> no it's not I don't have a secret it's not a natural thing because of course I don't think that it's not a natural thing but it's something that I like the other week I had a talk with here at the Constable with um, Yerto Sanquins she's the dean of or no, now she's the professor but she, when I, she's the, she was the dean of Malmo Artists Art Academy when I was studied there and we did a talk about my work you know, for the show here and then we discussed about the works that I applied for the school, which is a very long time ago. No? Oh, that's a good discussion. Exactly. We didn't do it so publicly, but there was before. Uh, and then, of course, we, we both came to, to realize that even if the works were different, the topics were very similar to this show. Right. There's a, there's a development that's been going along yeah, certain exactly. studio practice or practice, art so, practice. Uh, 
So what are those questions, if you can sum it up? I mean, is it easy to talk about? I mean, I know you're very critical. You use art as a tool of criticism in a lot of ways. Yeah, but I think the question is uh, critical. I'm not sure if I'm critical. I think the, what, like, what, are you, what are you critical about? No? Mm. Because to be critical as a... As a word, I think it's a bit, you know, you have to be critical to something or against something or in fit, like, you know. But I think that I'm interested in, uh, or many of my works deals with question of, like, ge- geography and the way that um, historical notions, some, like, especially like a colonial history, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how that developed and how, how, Today we see a lot of uh, reference, but also a lot of structures, but also a lot of geography that are based on that period of time. Sure. Uh, and also that <laughs> I don't see it only as a past, but I see it also as a present, that it's still very present and active today, you know. So I think what I try to do, I try to kind of... to see history writing from a bit different angle, to try to shift the... the the position where you stand from and to, to, to try to look it from a bit another view, you know, and kind of uh, giving the audience or the viewer uh, a possible idea of, okay, w- w- what does it mean? Why do we take this for granted? On how, why is the map like this? Or, right, borders and yeah, colonialism and languages, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And then the... And in a way, like uh, like this kind of idea of that, yeah, the possibilities of art as a kind of the colonial tool, no? Mm. And, in, and I think in that way, I think also it's not only... You mean as a modern colonial tool? Or as a uh, historically colonial tool? No, decolonial. Uh, uh, not, I think that's a... Con- not a uh, Instead of being talking about like a post-colonial or anti-colonial, to think of it as a, deco- a decolonial, like to in the, in that way also including like the language, for example, that you have to it's you have to also imagine the possibility of changing the way it, it thinks or addresses. Not only to talk about colonial, but imagine the yeah the possibility to to use another language of addressing this. In that sense, I think it's uh, an important tool or address way to Mm. talk about it. Well, I think that that, art is often seen as communication, especially nowadays. Yeah. Kind of a vehicle for ideas. Um, How much is this related to the fact that you are, you know, I, were you born in Sweden? Yeah, I'm so born, in Sweden. born and raised in Sweden. Yes, but of South American descent, of Argentinian. Yes, you know, Argentinian. also Italian. You know, goes around in a weird big circle. Absolutely. But no. your parents are Argentinian. Yeah. yeah. Did you grow up at all in South America? No, never. I've been there, of course, many times because I have relatives. Mm. But I grew up. Uh, I lived in some years in Spain when I was a kid. Also. Ah, okay. In Granada. Mm. And you spoke Spanish at home with your parents. Yeah, and... I still speak. I speak fluent Spanish. Right, but I mean, how much do you think this interest you have relates to your own personal family history? Uh, I think it's. 
I think it's 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 very central in in one way to yeah. the work to the way I think and the way I kind of um, not only to the my work but also to the way I place the world on the world in the in the world in some way. You know? mm-hmm. I think it's uh, I think that the <clears throat> the idea of which are very common in my work of placement and displacement and travel. Uh, of course, it's something that I, in, in one way or another, I've experienced, and and I think, of course, that uh, has influenced the way I work and the topics I work. Uh, sure. Well, I mean, also you mentioned your parents, uh, you know, had to flee Argentina. Yeah. So that's inherently. I mean, the reason you're here is political. In a way, right? Yeah. I mean, they would have stayed, you can only assume, had they not been forced out. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And of course, that also, yeah. So, it, you know, there is a, yeah, there is a political history, which I carried in, in many ways. And Right, and you can see the results of, you know, the fact that you're here. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, yeah, both, yeah. Uh, but at, at the same time, of course, it's that... I mean, uh, it's a tricky. I mean, uh, in some way, I totally agree, and I think it's. I mean, I'm very aware of, and, the, and there are some works that are not only inspire or use that tool, but actually deals with those questions, like mm. as you know, as the Crucero del Norte, or. Um, Oh, there's also the video that shows up Nils with my father when we throw the eggs. Yeah. I love that video. I want, I want to, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I was also thinking that uh, for me it's also important to think that, of course, the works are not about m- my personal life in that sense. Right. It's also like a, uh, I, mean, I think and I hope, of course, that they also... Uh, they ask the way they're done also gives uh, multiple ways of reading it and the multiple ways of... Uh, they don't feel biographical at all. No. That's yeah. true. I mean, the, the questions are grander. Yeah. But it's just interesting that they are also related to your own personal family history. But yeah, no, they do feel more... Um, I don't want to say academic, but more removed in that yeah. sense. You're not, you're not drawing portraits of your parents, you know, when they were lived in Argentina or something no, like that. No. Um, but you do use a lot of humor in your work, which I think is something I have no idea, but I feel like it's something maybe people don't notice as much, but I notice it. It's one of the things I really appreciated. And you just mentioned that video you made with your dad, which was showing at Neil Sterk, where you guys went and threw eggs at a sculpture. Mm. Uh, I found that to be really funny. Yeah. Uh, and, and a very, <laughs> a great symbol, symbol for, for something, you know, uh, what was the, what was the story with that sculpture? No, but first I wanted to, it's funny that you, or I get happy or what, it's hard to, that, that you think that there is, you address the idea of humor, because I think also, I also see humor in the works, of course, not in all, but in several works and, uh, uh, but it's also something that it's rarely uh, pointed at, talked mm. about. Because That's what I would have guessed. Uh, or because, of course, there's this uh, very serious, serious topics yeah. uh, or whatever. So I think it's nice that you, because I also agree that there is a, there's humor in the works. And, and the video the video you're talking about, uh, 
Yeah, that, no, that's uh, <coughs> uh, there's uh, this monument which is in Sevilla, in Spain, no? which is it was built for the 500 anniversary of discovery of America or the so-called discovery of America, and then by a George, Georgian-Russian artist called Sazzarelli. And it's an enormous monument, with, which is Cristobal Columbus inside an egg. Uh, because, of course... Which is hilarious in and of itself. Yeah, no, idea. it's totally... It's, totally, <laughs> it's this strange combination of uh, kind of like neo-Stalinist uh, monument and kind of iber-baroque. There's something... And then he stands inside the egg because there's this story that Columbus broke an egg so it could stand on a table. There was this discussion if you could stand, make an egg stand on a table. And of mm. course, nobody could do it because it fell. But then Columbus just like cracked it. And then, of course, it stays. Mm-hmm. And then... This is, of course, the story or the myth. No? And then people say, ah, but that's so easy. But he said, then he kind of replied, yeah, but because it's easy because now you know it. You know? Right. In the same way that now it's very easy to travel because you know that the world is round, but nobody knew it when he traveled. This kind of this. But then my project was to ask my father, he lives in Spain, but also as they were exiled from Argentina, I had this idea that I would. So I bought eggs in Buenos Aires, which is my parents, you know, old, like they were they were born, no? Mm. And then I brought these eggs to Sao Paulo, where I was living or where I live. And then I brought them to Sevilla, where I met my father. And then, of course, to do this kind of. In some way, it was a big operation because it's super complicated to bring eggs. First, it was illegal. So I kind of needed to pack them in a way. And then, of course, they were super fragile. Uh, but also, I liked that part of the work. That it, was, it was such a... It was a lot of energy put in something that nobody... That you don't... In a way, you don't know in the work. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't... You cannot see the difference between these eggs. I don't know if that will bottom in Sevilla. But for me, of course, there is, in, it's, there is an importance that... The eggs did all this travel, which, of course links the travel that m- my parents did, no? and, mm. and historical travel as well. And then we met in Sevilla, and then we, to- uh, we throw these 12 eggs. I think it was, yeah, it was 12, it was two packages of... Right, you st- threw them at the statue. At the statue, right, together. <laughs> did somebody say something to you? No, no, nothing, but it was super early. We did it like at 6. Right, six. the light was all... Uh, right. It was just when it was... We, I remember we came when it was dark, and also the park is a bit like, uh, it's a bit in the suburb of Sevilla. Mm. So, and so no, nobody tell, said anything. Yeah, I mean, because to me, the, there, there's a deep vein of humor in that. And the fact that you are talking about very serious post-colonial trans, transnational issues. Uh, why not throw eggs at them? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it doesn't have to be so heavy all the time. And I think that's one of the problems that art has right now is that it tends to take itself very seriously and there's nothing inherently wrong with that but I think that drives away a lot of people mm. of, of perhaps your more average art viewing public uh, I mean I, I think that you can I think that you can take your I think that you should take uh, and maybe not yourself but uh, like art very seriously mm. but that doesn't mean that you can I don't think there is a, 
it's not too different. Like humor and seriously, it's then it's not an opposition. They can exactly. be together, but they can. You know, there is also works which are very non-humoristic, and they're also very, very extremely good. So, so I think for me, it's hard to have that kind of division. But well, I mean, the question is like, if art is communication, then you want to touch people somehow. Yeah, and and and. You know, if if work is requires too much of an explanation, it becomes hard to engage with it. Mm. And then you know, humor can be another entry point into understanding your point. Absolutely, yeah, yeah that I agree. That can be, but I think also it can be one of the entry points. It doesn't have to be not the only one. No, no. clearly. And uh, but yeah, and I think in this case, yeah, I think it's humor and also it's a way of. Uh, thinking like the act of throwing the eggs of course in some ways uh, kind of um, it's such a pathetic thing to do because of course it has no meaning like you know we don't change uh, the word or right. we don't change and it's just a kind of a symbolic and I think there was something nice about that kind of did, this it, kind did of, it feel good? yeah you think after it felt, carrying those eggs around everywhere? it felt really good and uh, you know <laughs> And it was something kind of, yeah, in some almost like it was some kind of romantic thing also to meet up and do this together, you know, and kind of. Did your dad enjoy it? A lot, yeah. I think he was his top favorite work of mine. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> your parents don't have any history. Are, are they artists? No, they? they're not. They're not artists. Um, but I mean, it is interesting too, because a lot of your works do bear marks or stories of travel and production. Yeah. You know, the first piece of yours I saw is the one that's hanging here right now, uh, which is pieces of paper which were lashed onto a boat, right? Was it a sailboat or? Yeah, a sailboat. And then, and then they, what was the trip they went? I mean, the trip was, uh, yeah, which I think was one of the, not the first one, but I think for me was, uh, also in these topics, like, was one of the, or not the first, but the most central one that kind of, try to instead of only addressing these questions of travel and placement and this kind of geograph geographical zones the work in some way was also that they it, in it traveled the work traveled right, is performative almost. exactly yeah it was a yeah not totally it's in some so what i did i asked um, a friend of ours that um, he was sailing alone he uh, so I asked him when he came to South Africa and when he, you know, when he was starting to do the crossing of the Atlantic Ocean, yeah. that he would start to put these papers that I gave him on the boat. So they will, they will be burned by the sun, by the Atlantic sun. You know? mm -hmm. So then, so that's what they did. So then they hit, now they went from South Africa to Sao Paulo. So the, 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 the burned papers that you see here. It's that voyage. Mm -hmm. It's that travel. And is the lines on them, is that the ropes which yeah, were holding exactly. them down? So, and also that I didn't know because when I gave them, I mean, of course, as he says alone, he had other things to kind of, to do. Sure. That they, they can't. He's a savage right. sailing alone from South Africa. To so he needed to, no, actually he was sailing around the world. Wow. So he came already from the uh, Indian Ocean and he went around. So he, uh, no, so, uh, I mean, of course, I didn't have any ID, so I gave him, so the papers were only, like, they didn't have anything, they were only in plastic, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, like a piece of plastic to protect them from the yeah, water. Yeah, exactly. That was the only thing. And then, and I, and I, and him, I asked him, do you need tape? Should I re- try to see how we installed them? And he was like, no, no, I, I decided that on my own. And then when I'm, yeah, then he came back like many months afterwards. And then they look like this. And because, of course, and the lines are the ropes of the boat that he tied them. Which is perfect. No, exactly. Yeah, it's incredible because... Because, of course, for me, it was also this kind of lucky and fantastic. Because, of course, now they also have this really dialogue or relation to kind of minimalist tradition of art, which I think it's always been an important thing for me. But here it was also done without totally outside my control. Right, he's not an art historian who was thinking about references no, no, to minimalist. It must be... <laughs> The simplest way to put to, to put the papers on the, on you know on a place that it, they will not disturb me. Right, 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 right. Uh, and on the back of the papers, you can see he also marked uh, the day and when he put them up and the day he took them down and uh, the longitude and latitude. So you can actually I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So you can actually follow the the whole trip. Uh, of or exact day trip of the boat. Okay. So what is it about? I mean, is is having the works bear signs, or even not bear signs, but having done a travel like the eggs did, like these papers did. You showed another piece here, a photographic box of photo paper that traveled to, across South America. Mm. Is that an element? Is that a tool for adding another layer of meaning to the work? Or does it have some other goal in your mind? I think that the me, uh, it's not, I think maybe not, it's not an adding, but I think it's a, one of the central, I think for me it's like instead of, instead of only talking about these questions that we've been, you know, lifting up here now about, in this way, and doing works that in some way represents this, you no? Know, mm. I think that this way, it's, it, not this, in this way, it's not only representational, but it's actually, they, as you said, it's, they actually carry this thing. They perform. This paper did this travel. In some way, I kind of believe that in one way or another, these stories lies in this photographic paper. This memory lies there. Or like the, the in the transatlantic, the questions of what, does, what is Atlantic and what is what... What is the history of the Atlantic as a political and geographical? In some way, that it that is inscribed in the papers, and I think that's a very different thing. That to, it's, I think that's different than to talk about it, to do also talks about it. I think that's a, I think it's an artistic method, and uh, which for me more and more become very important. Mm. Well, it brings back another element of actual physical work on something because your work could be seen as conceptual and not very hands-on. Yeah. But this brings a, a return to you know the use of materials and the manipulation of materials. Uh, you say that's getting more and more important to you. No, uh, first, yeah, exactly. I think there is this kind of yeah. I think that the materiality of uh, of this quest, like the materiality of my work, it's very central, and a kind of the idea of. How, what does this material speak? 
what does it what does it how what does it talk about and you know or like sometimes I ask okay if if if, if we if, if the paper will have a voiceover what what will they say you know in some way and yeah and so I think yeah I think it's been I don't know if it's been it's more and more important but I think it's it's been very important uh, for the last yeah I mean since I did the transatlantic piece like 2010 was that the beginning of something. I think I, I did one or two pieces before that started that discussion in some way, but I think it became more and more... I think the Transatlantic was the, the most clear one at that moment because, of course, it was so defined already, like it's Atlantic, and, but I, I've done some previous ones. I, start, I, mean, I, did, I did some others that started to think about that. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you consider your work academic? I don't really know what that means. Actually. <laughs> I don't either. That's why I'm asking. Oh, I, no <laughs> I was hoping you had an answer. No, I don't know. No, I never. No, I always say I don't. Ex- you cannot say that I don't know what it means. And then I would say no, I don't. But I would say that anyway. And I, I never thought of my work as academic. No. Well, I mean, the thing is, you are educated as an artist. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean anything in terms of academia, but I mean, you said you, you, you mentioned earlier that you applied to art school with works, which follow some sort of trajectory. You can see the roots of where you are now in that. Was art school helpful to you finding the cause? Was it, uh, in the way? Was it, you know, cause I, I went to art school and I have really mixed feelings about it. Okay. No, I think that, uh, for me it was really helpful. I think that the Malmö, like the Malmö Art Academy, was a really important. Uh, is that teachers? Is that uh, is that uh, other students? Is that having freedom to work? What was it about it? I think it's many different things. I think that, uh, of course, uh, the the Malmö Art Academy there was a, a lot of great teachers mm. that kind of. Uh, like you know were very good and critical and took you seriously and kind of uh, and then of course I had my, I still have a lot of uh, colleagues from that time that I still meet and we talk so it also created a a place for my work and for mm-hmm. my thinking which I think is because it's still very present and even a network in a way yeah exactly oh, so so yeah absolutely uh, is there, I mean, what, what is the um, art scene like here in Malmö? Sorry? What is the art world like here in Malmö? I don't actually, I'm ashamed to say I live a 20 minute train ride away and I don't know what anything is no, like No, but here. I think that's, yeah, I think that's also a really crazy thing between Malmö and Copenhagen that, you know, of course Copenhagen is a much bigger city, but still it's, it's still very delinked from each other, like... Very, I think also very few people from Malmö goes to Copenhagen to see shows. I think maybe the last years has changed a bit, of course, also because the, there's some been some curators and some artists that mm-hmm. started to, you know, like Jakob worked here and uh, right, Diana works here now. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I work with a Danish gallerist and kind of, but, but still, it's p- bizarre that it's like twice ten to minutes and it's a still such a. It's clear, quite separated. Yeah. Uh, but I understand from you that there is a community here. Yeah, there is a community. Uh, I mean, I also, I've been away, I mean, even if I've been back and forth, but I mean, I, I, the last four or five years I've spent much more time in Sao Paulo than here. Okay. So I, mean, I, I, mean, I will not be the, the person to, to say how the community here is. Of course. Also because, of course, I... 
my community it's also the it's a community I built when I finished art school and the years after that and there's probably a lot of you know younger artists that have developed their space inside sure. which I, I'm not familiar of sure and there's Danish artists that live here too yeah. actually um, what about what about Sao Paulo what's in Sao Paulo for you now, Sao Paulo has been my home for the last uh, four years or four or five years in some ways. So, uh, Why did you move there? I mean, at first I was there for, uh, for work, for a residency, mm-hmm. uh, for an exhibition. And then I met a person and then I stayed. So love, I would say, that was the second reason for, for, for work. Oh, I thought your wife was Swedish. No, she's uh, Brazilian. Oh. Brazilian Argentinian. I get it. Okay, so you guys live there most of the time. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to be here for a long time. How's your Portuguese? It's good. Yeah? Yeah. And I live the, I speak Spanish from before. Right. So, of course, it was a bit not so complicated to do that. Yeah. So, but now we're going to stay here a bit longer. Does uh, your wife speak Swedish? No. She doesn't speak Swedish. She, she will learn. She's learning. Yeah, it's hard to learn Scandinavian languages when you come from a yeah, you speak. romantic. I learned Danish as a kid, luckily. Okay. But I can't, because Danish is my second language, I'm shit for Swedish. I don't, uh, I barely understand Swedish. Okay. It really depends on where somebody's from, but yeah. I mostly try to avoid it because it always ends up with me going, yeah, yeah. without knowing what <laughs> what's being said. But yeah, but it's, yeah. But it's the same with, I mean, I, I mean of course, with some Danish people, I would speak Danish. Like, yeah, but some others depends where they come from. Yeah, it can be hard. Mm. But do you like Sao Paulo? I like Sao Paulo. Yeah, absolutely. How's the Sao Paulo art world? Sao Paulo art world is, uh, of course, it's much bigger than here. It's a huge city. It's a huge city, and of course, there is a. I only know their graffiti, really. Yeah, and, but there's one part which is super incredible in the art, which of course is a. It has an extremely influential and uh, uh, and also very progressive and radical history of art. No, mm-hmm. I mean, the Sapalo Biennale was this, I think it's the second oldest Biennale in the no of the Biennales. Really? Yeah. Huh. I didn't know. It. I think yeah, and of course, and then of course that totally and they made some of some of the Biennales during the times has been very very influential. Uh, in the discussion of art, no? Mm. So, of course, that gives the city, and or not the city, but the art world, uh, a history and a dialogue which, which is very constantly very present, no? And then, of course, there was also a very radical... Uh, radical production of art in the 60s and 70s, no? Which were... Which, of course, which, also, which is also very present in, in the discussion of art mm-hmm. and politics and performative in in in, Sa- in Sao Paulo or in Brazil no? yeah uh, but I mean do you feel like a stranger there did you have to start over work your way into a system make a network uh, meet galleries or does that feel like home I think it's I mean like I think the idea of home it's some it's 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 a complicated question, I think. I mean, I'm not sure if I... I know what you mean. I mean, I think I feel, I feel home here and I feel home there and I feel... I don't feel home here, I don't feel home there. I think it's like a... In some way, I will think I will carry that kind of displacement forever. That's a kind of a... Well, I mean, if you're anything like me, when you're in Denmark, you feel more 
like an American in my case. Yeah. And when you're in America, you feel more like a Dane. Yeah. There is that weird thing that happens. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I think it's a very yeah. It's hard to also because as you're not one thing, you will never be right. only one thing. No, one they will not. They will never be one home in that sense. But of course, I was at the same time. But I had a question about like the art system. I was as I was in many ways privileged to as I was when I came I was invited with an exhibition and a residency that helped extremely a lot the way I entered into the scene mm-hmm. because of course in some way I, I did as, as some presentations early on that kind of introduced me right to the scene and, and I guess your wife has and my Carla is an artist of course and of course she also of course introduced me to the scene mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. which of course without that it would be extremely much more complicated which which is in any city in the world no sure so so I'm so now of course I mean I feel so yeah it is my I, mean, I have a scene there like I have a you know I work with a gallery there and I I have done show, I mean, I've, I've done shows there and you know, I participated in the Sao Paulo Biennale so I mean, I'm, yeah so it's I'm part of that scene mm-hmm. uh, and also I think that the scene in Sao Paulo is quite uh, it's quite open in that sense is it more experimental than Scandinavia <clears throat> if it's more experimental here or there I don't know. I think it's. Uh, I, I'm a, I will not say none of them or both of them are experimental. I think that's it's very. It's a, it depends where you are and what you look for. I would say. Sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the uh, Venice Biennale. I heard a little bit about the uh, the nightmares of getting set up, but that's just how that always yeah. is in a way. But I mean, how did you how did you get invited to show there, and uh, what's that process been like? You know, because this is the granddaddy of them all in a way. Yeah, I was invited. I mean, Oku Inveso, which is the curator of the of DCS Biennale, no, uh, I worked with him. I, have, I, I worked with him in the Guangzhou Biennale in 2008. Mm-hmm. So of course, it's a long time ago, but... And then I met him, you know, you, uh, uh, in different occasions, but we, have, we haven't worked before. Like, we haven't, after we didn't work with but I think he was also in the jury of this prize that was uh, in Kiev, the future generation prize, which I didn't want, but he was. I, he also saw my work. Oh, I applied for that once. It's a big. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that but prize. I didn't got it. But, yeah, yeah. But me, I, me neither. <laughs> but I was in the. I was in the last. I was in the, the show. Shortlist. Of, yeah. So then, of course, so he's followed my work okay. for a long time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So then he was quite, uh, you know, he asked he asked me to to send material. Like he told me, called me or emailed me and said, oh yeah, he wanted to know what. He asked me to send like all like the kind of uh, portfolio of like works that I have done and things that I was doing at the moment. Uh, and then I did that, and then there was some. Maze back and forward, uh, and then in the end, 
he kind of yeah, kind of asked me to, to he asked that he he asked he wanted to show these specific pieces, and then he asked me if, if that was possible, and I said yes. So so that that how was it? So so I'm not new. I, mean, I think a lot of people are newing are, were commissioned to do new works, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm showing three works that are all or all one two of them are I mean I, I showed once last summer so it's not and one of the other are a bit older mm-hmm. yeah is that um, I mean that's good news in a way it's of course interesting to be commissioned for a new work but it's yeah. hell of a lot more work too exactly no I think also for me at the moment when all this started to happen I mean, I, we were doing the show here uh, at Mado Constal and then it, you know, for me it would be really difficult to or, or you needed to have which I didn't have like a very I, I, also talking from the beginning this, uh, this how to explain an idea that you you know uh, or you need to have an idea that was so so almost so finished that you could kind of say okay I just need the, the last push and the right. economical budget to finish it right but I didn't have that at that moment also because I was really focusing on the show here mm-hmm. so then for me it was yeah, great that he said, okay, show these works that, you know, they were shown in other exhibitions, but not in this kind of content and in this scale. Right, and this is, the, the context is everything at Venice. Yeah, and also, of course, there's a lot of people that will see that, that they, I mean, it's pieces that you know, people, it's been shown, very little people have seen. Of right, course. right. Yeah. Do, so you're you're showing in the International Pavilion, which is a curated show. Exactly. Uh, so basically, it has nothing to do with you being Swedish or Argentinian or no. you know. Do you write when you say where you're from? Do you say I'm Swedish? Do you say I'm Swedish slash Argentinian? No, I I, put, I say I'm Swedish because mm. I'm Swedish. Like I I don't have another passport. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm Swedish. That helps clarify exactly. transnational issues. Exactly. <laughs> but sometimes you see the you there's a lot of uh, if you sometimes in different uh, bios on internet there are different ones. Well, people also insist on something. Yeah, and you it's, know, of course, like, sometimes it's, it sounds better. Or I even seen that uh, sometimes I even seen that I'm Italian. So, right, because Lagomarsino yeah, is Italian. So, but yeah. Runo is is a Swedish name. Yeah. Right? Which is interesting because your parents aren't Swedish. No, but it's yeah, it's a it's a kind of strange uh, Latin version of uh, Rune. Right, it's with a Y usually, right? R Y N. No, yeah, Rune with na E in the end, uh, like the Bamse writer right. Rune Andreasson, and right. also the stones, no Rune. Right, right, st- right. Rune so it comes from there, there, and they they just made a kind of Latin version. It's a name that doesn't exist in Latin America either. Nobody's name is in, in Latin America. Everybody calls me Bruno. Ah, what else? Where are we? Um, yeah, so you've all, you've been really busy for the past year or so. You know, you have the show here at Mamel Kunsthalle. You've got the show in Venice. Yeah. What's uh, what's what's next? What are you working on? I don't mean in terms of like where you're going to show next, but in terms of your work, do you have a plan for the next year? Ideas you want to play with you haven't had a chance to play with? Uh, uh, yeah, no, one that. Or is it time for a break? No, <laughs> no. I, one one thing which maybe not a break, but I'm really looking forward. 
also now that we decided to stay longer here mm-hmm. we uh, in Sweden I really looking forward to this kind of uh, studio time like non time in the studio to go there and to kind of and really know what I have to do and kind of see what's put things up and see what 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 comes up in some way that kind of slow kind of uh, almost like a flaneur way of working like you know I, I'm looking forward for that a lot Right, it's a good way to develop new ideas exactly. or new connections between ideas. Yeah, and also things that you kind of, you know, like maybe there's a lot of things that you kind of have, but you have to kind of put them up to see why, you know, why why is it interesting and maybe they're, they're linked to something that you already, you know. Do you write? I mean, do you write a lot about your ideas? No, how do you, very little. How do you develop, you know, you get an idea, how do you develop it forward? What's the process for that? Because you said you haven't had a studio for a long time, so you're not I painting sketch. flowers. I sketch. Okay. I make sketches in the note, notebooks and kind of make comments and kind of... Right, because that's what I mean. I feel like you have to kind of like weigh things and move things around, and then yeah. other connections open, and the you know material ideas fall into place and everything. So, yeah, so I do that. I sketch and talk and kind of. Are you are you very much a solo? I mean, do you work very much alone, or are you more? Uh, you got to talk to people and weigh ideas, kind of. You know, I no, I have to talk to people. Like I talk, like in, I'm not the same way. In the beginning, maybe not in the beginning, but then I have to see. What are the people, of course, colleagues and the people which are very close, like Carla, for example, of course, I can see. And also, but also Luca, which is the guy who did the, the exhibition they play, which is an artist from here. I mean, we meet a lot and kind of talk about things. Yeah, I think it's important to build some sort of small, trusted community exactly. of people to talk with. Because something that can take me a year to figure out can take me an afternoon yeah, exactly. by talking with somebody yeah, else. Yeah, there's some things which are really there, but you don't see them for different reasons. And kind of, yeah. So, yeah, so I do that. I kind of... Uh, and then I'm doing, try, I'm trying to do, I'm doing a new a work uh, for September that in one way or in many ways tries to deal or comm- commemorate the the killings in the Mediterranean, like the the boat, uh, the migrant disaster, the, yeah. which I don't think is a disaster, but I think it's a you know, disaster. Disasters is something that happens, it's like uh, of course it's a tragedy, but disasters is not defined by something. But I think this is clearly because there is a political history that makes this happen uh, in some way, right? And it's uh, very prevalent right now as an issue I mean, yeah it's in the forefront so but it, of course it's also questions that I've been thinking of and dealing with in many earlier works uh, the idea of um, the, the idea of a kind of a European border stop you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. so I'm in so I'm in the process uh, I, I'm in the process of working at, uh, developing a piece of the last month yeah, that's really tough ground to tread to figure yeah. out how exactly to deal with that. So, yeah, and let's see. I mean, it's something that I've been... Do you feel like you're... I mean, what what role does politics play in the whole thing for you? 
in my work or in the yeah because you have you know a lot of your work is related to politics yeah but it doesn't feel necessarily like political work you know you could say perhaps it's more oh there's no good way to say it I don't know humanistic more uh, personal no it's not personal you know what I mean though like it's not political artwork you're not you're not involving anybody in the reasons or in the process of why something's happening you know yeah. I think that man, I think that uh, I think that many works have political questions like uh, or political concerns uh, I think that I'm not uh, when I start to do a work it's not defined by its political content like that it's not like I will do a, I think on the contrary I think a lot about what is it that constitutes a political work and how and how can that be different from a uh, more classical tool of the classical idea of a political works content mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. so i think for me i mean maybe we start much more with a question of, of of the political what does it mean what is the political what is actually happening yeah uh, and then uh, but then i think yeah and then of course the works deals with a political question but maybe in not in front of you but maybe from I try to see that maybe it's possible to talk about from behind or from another angle and then directly in front of you in some way no? so that could be an answer right without without discussing it straight up politically which is narrow minded in a way I guess you could say you know to look at something straight from a political angle you know just like they are with the migrant uh, the migrant crisis or whatever you want to call it you know this thing it's looked at politically everybody talks about it politically yeah no one is really talking about it on a human level I mean there's outcry yes but but it doesn't seem like any solutions are human based or anything like that no yeah but I think the, of course I think that's a bit different uh, discussion uh, I think the thing in the, in the Mediterranean I think it's political I, I think it's very political because of course it's a uh, people are dying because uh, they want to come they want to come to Europe and they're not allowed right. that's a political question sure. uh, you know like there's a frontier that excludes people to move uh, that's a political question uh, then the, the, then of course if you're an artist like, if you want to deal with that question how do you, how do you translate that to something else that's another question like I think that's a uh, that's the big challenge really not yeah for maybe for me maybe not for the world like of course like it's a difference you know uh, it's a it's a big challenge in a as I am an extremely privileged person that can think that, that that's a challenge sure uh, yeah. well we can wrap it up I, uh, I I usually ask at the end the most horrible question ever so okay. get ready 
what what is art for? And I mean oh, that right. for you. I don't mean that for the world. You don't have to answer what art is, but for, for you, what is it for? What is the point of doing this as opposed to uh, being an aid worker? Being a you know, because I think artists are sensitive people and they want to engage with the world. But what is the point for you? What is it for? What purpose does it serve? Yeah. Now, it's a different question. It's a horrible question. <laughs> one thing is that you can say that one reason that I think it's art is such a great place to be is that uh, it, it's not, its purpose is not clear. Uh, you know, it's a, uh, and that gives you a lot of freedom to create its purpose and its non-purpose. You know? uh, it's a place where you kind of as a subject you can try to kind of exercise your freedom uh, you know? and I think that's also something extremely important right and change because of the fact that it's not structured in a certain way exactly. you can change along the road yeah you can go anywhere yeah I mean I think it's okay as, as artists to admit we're having fun yeah are you having fun is it fun absolutely yeah I think it's great now of course it's uh, uh, no, no, and I think that's of course something that people don't. But uh, it doesn't get talked about a lot. Having fun, you know, and even if you're dealing, you know, fun doesn't have to be we. I'm on a, I'm on, I'm on a ride. I'm having fun. It can also be I'm really interested and engaged with this life and what I'm doing. Yeah, no, and I, uh, for me, like I think that yeah, it's very clear that like art is something that I have found or enjoy a lot like I think about art and I think about other artists and exhibitions and texts all the time mm -hmm. of course that's my job but it's also something which I found extremely pleasurable mm -hmm. it's a desire I ha it's, it's a desire I think about it and I and when, some, when things are good I get really happy or I get really impressed and kind of and with other people's work too yeah and when things are bad I also <laughs> and it's an, it can be annoys me or like it, it provokes me which means of course that it's something very central in my life it's not something which I do it bit on the side it's right yeah All right, man. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. No, thank you for uh, coming, coming here and doing the talk. Absolutely. I appreciate it. All right. That was Runo Lagomarsino. It's a fascinating story, right? Be sure to check out his artwork. Check out his website. Check out what he does. It's a lot clearer when you see some context. You can also see some images of his works on our site, undergang.net. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Undergang Armchair. The intro and outro music is kindly provided by Johnny Ripper, and today's interstitial music was provided by Arcee. You can find links to their music and all other things Undergang-related, such as our apps, on our fancy pants website, undergang.net. This show is produced in part with the kind support of the Danish Arts Council. So, thank you, and remember... If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend. See you guys next time.